Welcome to the Love Lab podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single or couple, this is the show for you because, well, sex matters. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Céline Remy. All right, welcome back to the Love Lab podcast, and this is episode 45. Hey, this podcast is as old as I am. <laughs> Ooh, I'm not supposed to tell the, the listeners that, am I? I? I thought about it, and I was going to bring it up, and then I thought, I'm not sure Kevin's going to be okay with it, so I'm so glad you did this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this episode is titled, Is Your Attraction True Love or Is It Infatuation? And today we have a very special guest. His name is Larry Michael. But before we introduce... Larry, I just wanted to kind of introduce why we're doing this topic. So, you know, Selene and I, when we work with clients, one of the things that we see over and over again is people making really bad choices about who they date or who they're going to be in relationship with. And for some of them, we watch the pattern be repeated over and over again. And from an external point of view, when we're looking at our clients, it's so easy for us to see. And yet for them, it's just not. We've even seen clients where it's a generational thing. When we start getting into their past about, you know, what their parents were like, we find that, you know, in one particular case, her mother had this pattern her entire life. And now she is repeating that exact same pattern. So we thought it would be really interesting uh, to have Larry Michael on the show because he's got some insight into all of this. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. So Larry, if you have never heard about him, is also known as the Love Shepherd. He's the founder of the School of Genetics, Energetics, and a Master ERP. He's also a relationship coach, a speaker, a producer, an author. I mean, he's multi-talented. Steward for a revolutionary science which delivers an understanding of the impact and expense of our energetic relationships, helping people break free of stories and to experience all the benefits of true love. Yeah, I say yes to that. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say that I was fascinated by Larry's work. I was introduced to it, I want to say probably six or seven years ago. And I first like found him online and got my free profile and then started to like be really interested in this. And I couldn't wait for the day that I got to have him on our show and him introduce all about his system. So welcome, Larry. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me on your show. This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> and we've only just begun. <laughs> so, you know, the title of the episode is, uh, Is Your Attraction True Love or Infatuation? And whenever you kind of bring up that topic, um, people automatically think of well, I think they're talking about chemistry. But what does that really mean? Because there's what most people think chemistry is, and then there's actual scientific chemistry. So I'm wondering if you can kind of give us uh, some background or explain the differences. Well, I, I actually, there's not a lot of difference other than knowing what chemistry is at the core. And it, it comes back to what you said, the scientific part. So chemistry, are, it's brain chemicals. They're neurotransmitters. There's six of them. So it's dopamine, oxytocin, testosterone, norepinephrine, PEA, um, oxytocin. So, you know, you've got these, these neurotransmitters that all go cattywampus in the right circumstances. And when that happens, we get a little crazy. In fact, a lot of us get really, really crazy. And things like infatuation and powerful desires and, 
you know, like a potent, I've got to have that person, or you can't get them out of your mind after you've been with them for five minutes. You know, (laughs) all of, all of those things are really what you're looking at is just chemicals that have all gone onto this huge, uh, you know, uprising. (laughs) And, you know, I have like, if, if we were doing this by video, I'd put on these great big heart shaped red glasses you know, and I call those like the heart glasses. And you put those things on when you're on chemistry because that's everything is through a rose-colored lens, right? <laughs> and so it's it's very tricky and people love it because it feels awesome. It really does. Chemistry is really cool. The challenge is, is that chemistry also blinds us to a whole bunch of stuff that we should be looking at when we dive into relationships. Mm, and yeah. We typically don't because all these, <laughs> all these drugs are, you know, going, oh, you're great. You're high. This feels so good. This is wonderful. I know he's smoking and he says he's going to quit, but I don't care because this feels so good. You know, so you just stay at it. Oh, oh, has anyone in the audience ever experienced that? <laughs> Overlooking all of those little things that you should know better? Because it yeah, just yeah. feels so good right now. <laughs> yeah, I promise when we live together, I'll clean up the place. I will. I'll keep <laughs> it clean all the time, you know. So... I'm wondering if you can, and I know that that science isn't necessarily your background as far as being a trained scientist, so I don't expect you to go too deeply into, you know, the actual science behind the chemistry, but I wonder if you could maybe just explain a little bit to the audience of when you first meet somebody, how that sort of chemical reaction sort of happens. Okay, so um, I'm only going to be able to talk, uh, I think, most accurately about our own science. And interestingly enough, genetic energetics, when it comes to what we call attractions, which is the same as chemistry, you just put a different terminology on it. We actually had a group of outside scientists come in and test it. And they tested it against our system to see if we could accurately predict when chemistry would show up. And it was a phenomenal win for us at the time. In fact, it was the first time scientifically anything like that had been proven on the internet, which was really fun. But what they were really discovering is that given the right circumstances, and the right circumstances look like this. If, you know, if you're just walking down the street and um, all of a sudden your head turns and you find yourself tracking another person, there's a good chance that there's an energetic harmonic that happened there. And when that energetic frequency match happens, the chemistry levels increase. So these drugs that I talked about, the early, earlier part, these neurotransmitters, they all elevate, right? Now, for that to happen, you do have to get past a few things. Like, you know, if you're not interested, if you're a woman, you're not interested in other women, then you might not necessarily feel it as strongly than you would a man. And if you're interested in men, but you want someone who's, you're, you know, you're the one who's most attractive to you is someone who's like, six feet tall or taller, and a gentleman walks by who's 5'4", you know, you might not even notice him. In other words, visually, your your physical cues are not going to kick in, so you're going to discount whatever chemistry you might feel, period. Um, but if they do meet a lot of your, um, what do you call, criteria, criteria right, for for looks or for their tonality or for how they carry themselves then all of a sudden, you know, your antenna are up and you're watching like a hawk. So that's an interesting point that uh, it's not just the chemistry. There has to be an aligning of several things. One is chemistry and two is they have to sort of meet your baseline requirements. If we're talking romance, Uh 
definitely if we're talking romance, because we also have taken chemistry into the workplace and looked at chemistry around parents and children. So most people think of chemistry as romantic relationships because that's where they want to have that great turn on, right? But we actually pick our friends. We make decisions on who we want to work with. We have a number of CEOs that come to us and have us run profiles on potential um, administrative assistants or executive assistants just based on their knowledge that they make bad decisions because they have the wrong kind of attractions or they have challenging attractions. So, you know, chemistry can have us make decisions that are not necessarily so great. And that can happen any place. But in romance, it's elevated because in romance, when you, you bring in the equation of a physical connection and a sexual connection, now we're talking about a lot of elevated chemicals. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if it shows up differently in women versus men, because I know that, I mean, there's a lot of, of, maybe like knowledge out there where people say, well, as soon as a woman has sex, she's more attached or addicted than a guy. And I'm not quite sure whether or not it's really true. I don't think so from my experience. And I'm curious about what you think. Yeah, I would say definitely not. Ah, yes. I would say definitely not. I mean, and this is my experience working with this science for about 14 years now and working mostly with women and now more and more with men. And, you know, chemistry shows up the same way for both of them. Now, women may source the way they encounter men or the way that they um, justify or what excites them about a relationship different than some men do, okay? So, that, you know, there, there could be all kinds of conversation like, well, women do this and men do that. Um, and by the way, I, you know, my point of view on those is that if someone tells you all women are or all men are, you just run the other way. Don't listen to them anymore because it's a lot of crap. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> Each individual relationship has its unique characteristics mm-hmm. and connections, mm-hmm. and chemistry plays an important role. Mm-hmm. So you, you mentioned a word that uh, we definitely wanted to, to get to, actually, it's a phrase, uh, and I think now is maybe a good time to get there, which is false attractions, right? So all this chemistry stuff is leading us to the scenario that I laid out in the beginning, which is people just making bad decisions, picking people that are just absolutely wrong for them. And I know in your system, you call that false attraction. So I wonder if you could explain to the audience, what is a false attraction and why does somebody have it? Okay, we're going to go down a little bit of a rabbit hole here, and I'm going to try and get us out as we go. So um, <laughs> what we, when we identify attractions for people, they're either, we call them either true or false. And there's an old adage that men are attracted to women like their mother and women are attracted to men like their father, right? Mm-hmm. So it's true. It's totally true, but it's a genetic thing. It has nothing to do with actually your parent in terms of whether you liked him or not. So uh, in other words, I may say to someone, well, you're attracted to someone like your father. And, and the women may say, oh, I couldn't stand my father. I really didn't like him. I didn't get along with him. I haven't talked to him for 20 years. It doesn't matter. Okay, it's totally genetic. So the reason why we call this genetic energetics is we're identifying the energetics that you have that are genetically defined. Right. So what that means is what we're looking at is the energetics of your father, if you're a woman, the energetics of your mother, if you're a man, and how your two energetics go together to define whether your attractions are true or false. And if they're true, it means you're going to be attracted to someone that communicates more like you do, that when you're with them energetically, you get a greater high from that. 
when you have false attractions, you're going to be attracted to someone who doesn't communicate the same way you do. And, and that means really ultimately you find out you, lots of times you speak different languages, although you're both talking English. It just doesn't come across that way, right? Mm -hmm. So they speak a little bit differently than, they, than you do, but there's also an energetic hit. So there's this discordant energy that can cause you to get really worn down as well. Now, if you have false attractions and you're attracted to someone that wears you down energetically or doesn't speak quite the same way as you do, yet you're all hyped up on these brain drugs, right? Then you're doing everything you can to want to be with them. You're going to listen closely. You're going to really want to connect. And you'll stay at it and stay at it until it becomes too punishing to do it. In fact, the only thing that will kill chemistry is pain. Hmm. And, and it's usually when a relationship gets really painful or disturbing, challenging, extremely stressful, that chemistry seems to dissipate. It's because there's other issues that are so powerful and so imposing that the chemistry gets beaten down. And there's, you know, there have been some scientific studies that say chemistry only lasts a couple of years. I will say from our science, that's not true at all. What it is, is in a two-year period of time, usually that's about the breaking point. You know, at about two years, you're going, oh, my God, I put up with this so long, I can't handle it anymore. I used to just be totally infatuated with you. Now you drive me crazy. Right. <laughs> and, and but what we found is like we've worked with couples that have gone through bitter, horrible divorces. And then the two run into each other 10 years later and they detest each other. Right. <laughs> but they get in the same room with each other and they feel the same chemistry and they go, oh. I can't have chemistry with this person. I hate them, right? <laughs> but they still feel the chemistry. Mm -hmm. So chemistry will be there. Remember, it is a genetic thing. And in, the, in certain circumstances, it will exist. So the biggest challenge with chemistry, really, though, is not so much whether someone has true or false attractions. It's being aware that we are a little drugged up. Aha. Right? That's the real clincher. And, and, and you're getting right into my next question is, okay, so how does somebody tell the difference? How do they know if they're just jacked up on chemistry or if they actually have compatibility with somebody? All right. Well, that takes a little bit of discernment. Right? <laughs> and, and when it comes to romance and relationships, discernment is king. It's queen. It's extremely, extremely important. Um, you know, so you, what you want to do is get to a point where you're aware that you're drugged up. And you can confine the, the joy or the challenge in it, whatever it might be, um, versus, you know, what's the quality of this relationship? So like if we get in, if we have time to talk about love and relationships, I'm going to tell you those are two very different things. And lots of time people, they, they, they um, project love onto relationship circumstances and they'll say you love me you don't love me you don't love me enough how much do you love me <laughs> you know i love you so much today it's, it's this is like you know that's crazy making the reality is is love is our life force it's something that's part of us a relationship is a whole series of different kinds of qualities and connections that we have so they're great when they go together by the way but, <laughs> but we can have relationships without you know, this passionate love. Well, it's like sex and love, right? You can have sex without love. You can have love without sex, but exactly. they're best when they come together. Exactly. It's really, it's really a perfect analogy. Especially when they is. come together. <laughs> but I want to, I just want to get back to that for a second. So, you know, there's awareness, right? The first step is awareness, knowing that you're jacked up on these chemicals. And my first instinct is to ask you a question and say, well, how does somebody have that awareness. And then the second thought I had was like, 
I think in the beginning of a new relationship, you should automatically just assume that you're doped up on chemicals. Um, so <laughs> what do you think about that? Well, I think that it's, it sounds great. And some of the most amazing relationships that I've worked with are people that had no chemistry at all with each other at the beginning. And in fact, when I was interviewing couples, when I first got involved with this science, um, one, of the, one of the most striking memories I have was talking to this couple that had been, I asked them, how did you guys meet? Because they were energetically very similar, but they both had false attractions, so there was no chemistry. And the woman was one of those people that was going on dating sites going, you know, give me chemistry or forget about it, which is a really common thing that you see in dating profiles, especially from women. Um, and so these two were working together. They went and had coffee every day for like a year they had done this. And then one day they're sitting at the table and for whatever reason, I don't know whether it was the guy or the gal, reaches across the table and takes the other person's hand and they never let go. It was like, you know, and I I just said to him, how did you guys get together? And they said, we really didn't feel any chemistry at all. But after a year, really realizing how much we had in common, and then that first connection when they actually touched, Mm -hmm. right? Now there's, now we have real oxytocin, right? Real dopamine levels coming up from the physical connection. And it's not a, it's not drug induced. It's an energetic charge. And these two energetically, their profile, they were exactly the same. (laughs) They just had false attractions. Mm -hmm. So they never saw themselves as partners. Mm -hmm. They're today, as far as I know, they're still together. It's been a few years, but I, you know, I kept in touch with them for five or six years and it was amazing how that came out. So in our case, um, when (laughs) Kevin and I met, we definitely had a sexual attraction. And we're like, oh, we want to do each other. But we were both convinced. (laughs) 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 We were both convinced that we were not relationship material. So we kind of like dismissed it for a while. And then we were, you know, life was not like a good timing for us to get together. Um, But what was interesting is when we finally had the opportunity to have the sex that we were thinking would be so great, it did happen and it was really great. But what I noticed, and, and that's what I was talking about with Kevin, is that the amount of love and even attraction deepened later. Like actually what we realized a few months in was that actually we were really compatible. And then we started to see all of these things. And everybody in our friend circles were like, why didn't you see that earlier? Of course you're a great match. And they all we said, didn't see they that. said, yeah, we knew that. But yeah, so the, yeah, the friends always know, by the way, it's usually the, it's like, the, the funniest story is always with women who have false attractions that are always running after the guy that they're all like hyped up and, and doped up about. And all their girlfriends go, oh, there she goes again. This is mm. going to be a train wreck, right? <laughs> and then after there's a train wreck, she comes back and all their friends go, yeah, we knew that. And they go, why didn't you tell me? And I said, well, we didn't want to tell you. We were hopeful. We thought maybe this would work. You know, it's like your friends don't want to break up what could be a good thing. And, and you know, I guess... Part of what I just said there is chemistry is great. And if you're relying on that to make a really quality relationship, that's a huge error. Mm-hmm. Because the, there is another, another level of natural chemistry that will evolve when your relationship evolves and you begin to emerge as a couple together. Mm-hmm. You know, When you start to find what that union looks like and feels like, and how you approach life together, and if you're on the same pages with each other, and the same desires and beliefs and passions, 
you know, there's enough there to create natural chemistry that's extremely powerful. Mm-hmm. And it overrides the, the, the chemical dopamine high and, the, you know, all of the neurotransmitter highs. It really overrides it in a huge way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, what would be your best advice to somebody that has a bad track record of just always picking the worst possible person that they could date or be in relationship with? Like, if you could boil the essence of everything that you just told the listeners down into, here's some concrete steps for you to take the next time this happens. Okay, so this is a multi-part answer. <laughs> um, if we're looking at chemistry, if it's a person that's really like, okay, I, I need to feel that infatuation, I need to, if it's the person that says, I'll know in the first 15 seconds whether this is a match or not, that's a person that's saying that they base it all on chemistry, right? Mm. And that person needs to cool their jets. <laughs> they, really, they really need to approach the whole, their whole relationship strategy needs to change. And by change, I mean they need to really step back, find the love they have in themselves, okay? Show up as that person that they love and treating themselves like they want to be loved. And they're going to attract someone to them that's a really great fit. Okay. Oh, it's an inside job as always. It's, it totally is an inside job. And so if they can come from that place, they're not even going to be looking for that, those, you know, that chemistry hit. It's going to be a nice added advantage, right? But it's just totally not necessary. But it has to start inside. So like you said, it's an inside job. And if it starts there, you're going to attract someone that most can show up for you the way you want to be r- related to. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you love yourself totally and you know how you like to engage with someone, if you know how you like to interact emotionally and intellectually and you're in that place and that's the space you're living in, that's the way you're communicating with yourself and your friends, there's men and women will be hypnotically attracted to you, magnetically attracted to you. Your biggest challenge then is noticing them when they show up. It's like that couple that didn't even notice each other for a year until they mm-hmm. held hands, right? Because they were looking everywhere else. Mm-hmm. And they'd get together, they'd talk about, oh, I went out on a date, this didn't work. And it was like an episode <laughs> of Friends, right? But they, um, and then they finally just figured it out because they stopped looking for something that was outside of them. Mm-hmm. So something comes to mind where... I was talking with a girlfriend not too long ago and she has several lovers and she's like, there's one that she's very compatible with from an outsider perspective. But she's like, oh, it's kind of flat. Yeah, I love having sex, but it's not like the fireworks like I have with the other ones. And then she's got the other ones, which are really wrong for her, but she really likes the other ones and wants to have sex with them and stuff. And I kind of want to say, like, to that person, it's like, actually, if you're not very attracted, it's probably where you should go and explore. <laughs> well, in her case, yes, because she's one of those ones that makes bad decisions a lot. And, and has so, that false so attraction. So this is, this is probably someone with false attractions. It's mm-hmm. likely. I can't say for sure, mm-hmm. but it's very likely. And she's wanting that high. She yes. wants the chemistry high. And so she's going to discount the one that she has great sex with, right? And she's hugely attracted to the ones that are, you know, it could be a a whole variety of things. Now, there's other, also other issues that some people get themselves involved in, like some women think they need a bad boy, Mm -hmm. right? 
you know, or they have to, you know, they've got some criteria about the kind of man that they think is really going to turn them on. And so they're constantly looking for that. And when they're constantly looking for that, they don't see what's in front of them. Mm -hmm. In fact, they won't even see that guy when he shows up because they're too busy judging for, you know, looking is, is this, you know, is this square peg going to fit into, the, mm -hmm. you know, my round hole? <laughs> what am I talking about here? <laughs> so that, you know, that piece is, it's crippling, right? Mm -hmm. And it's unfortunate because she made the, the gentleman that she has great sex with, but is not really giving her that huge um, oxytocin high or that, you know, that chemistry high. If she would just allow herself, open her mind to go deeply into that relationship, I mean, really dive into it, openly dive into it, getting super authentic, getting very, very vulnerable, allowing herself to be seen, looking at him to discover everything about him, she may discover that all of those, those qualities, those chemistry qualities that she really desires start to show up. Mm, I love it. So I have one more question around this whole, I call this a hormonal shower. That's, <laughs> so that's how I see this. Um, I have another friend here. I have lots of friends. And they give us a lot of great ideas for our topics. <laughs> and she constantly says that she's addicted to it. So she knows that she's addicted to it. And she's like, I can't help it. And my theory is that actually you can, I mean, you can choose to know that this is something it's happening. It's not happening to you. It's happening through you. And then you don't have to let it run your entire life. And I was wondering if you had a, a solution or an idea or a comment around people who think I'm so addicted. I can't help it. This is what I have to do. So one of the first questions I'll ask my clients when I get a chance to actually talk to them is how badly do you really want a relationship? Okay, because when I see men or women do the same thing over and over again, and they jump into relationships where they know that they really can't work, what that says to me is you're not ready for a relationship. You don't really want one. You don't want one. You're not interested in committing. You're not ready to commit. You're not ready to be, to be that vulnerable. You're just not there because if you were, you wouldn't be going down that path. You absolutely wouldn't because you constantly step into relationships that can't work. It's now, another form at, of self-sabotage. It is. Yeah. It is. Years ago, um, we used to do this thing called Hollywood Insights. And we would run profiles on all of the Hollywood couples. And I remember we ran Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt. Right? Energetically, they were a really great match. So they broke up for a variety of reasons. But it was really interesting watching what happened to Jennifer Aniston for the next three or four years. She constantly picked men that she was not a good energetic match for, right? Constantly. And when she was interviewed, you know, what's up with this? She'd say, I really don't want even a relationship. I'm just enjoying myself, right? <laughs> so she was like, other than, at a, other than conscious level, I would say what she was doing was picking people that she knew couldn't work, mm -hmm. right? Could have been fun for the, you know, for the, um, what do you call it? The, the Hollywood reporters, right? Um, to, to track with all those relationships. But ultimately, she didn't really want a relationship. She wasn't ready. And as soon as she was, guess what showed up? A I, guy that was a really good match for her. I love that insight because I don't think a lot of people really realize that. In other words, 
there's a there's a incongruency with what they say they want and what they actually want. And I think that's where a lot of people get lost in this. So that's a really great insight. So if you're in the audience and you're listening and you see, you're realizing that, oh my God, I have that pattern, uh, Larry's advice is really great for you. Like, think about that for a minute. Go inside and find out what is it that you really want? Because it might be something different than what you think you want. Yeah. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. I mean, are you really ready? If you get honestly, like, look in the mirror, stand there. And by the way, I'd say strip naked, take all your clothes off. Because you've got to be able to look in a mirror and see the beauty in what you're looking at, regardless of any wrinkles, extra fat, or whatever it is, and just love what you see naked and then say, do I want to be in a relationship? Am I ready to be in a relationship? Am I ready to be totally seen, right? Mm-hmm. Am I ready to let someone love me fully and receive that love, right? And if your answer is yes, then that is awesome. All you have to do is you know, you can go outside nude if you want to, but put some clothes on and <laughs> go out and, don't get and, there, and, you know, and then be aware that there's going to be people looking and interested and interested in you all the time because they're going to feel that sense of, of self-love and quality and understanding of, uh, you know, self-understanding who you are. And that's hugely attractive, especially to men. Mm-hmm. I have just one more question, and I know we're just about out of time, but you mentioned earlier about wanting to talk a little bit about the difference between love and relationship, and I think that's such an important piece that I don't want to leave our listeners hanging and not talk about that. And what do we have, 20 seconds? No, no, I mean, it, it, it's not a hard set, you know. You, you could go like five minutes on, it's fine. <laughs> okay. Um, this is a really potent piece. Um, and, it's, and it's especially dear to me because I think for many decades of my life, I always looked at relationships as how much I love you or how much I love that person or how infatuated I am with them or how much I wanted to do for them. And, and a lot of the time, I think what I was really doing was I, I was looking for some indication that I was lovable, mm. right? And that if I did all these things, if I was like um, the man who opened the car doors and made dinner and took out the garbage and did everything possible that the woman could want, that it would make me lovable, right? And the reality is, is that those are all really great attributes for a relationship. But if I'm looking for that to prove that I'm lovable, the one major attribute that's missing is that I don't love myself, Mm -hmm. right? And that the relationship I end up with, I could end up with a partner who really loves everything that I do for them, but then they, when they think about me and who I am, there's not that huge attraction there because they don't sense that level of self-love. And the reality about love, and this is really, this is a piece that's a little tricky. So usually if you ask someone, tell me what love is, you know, define love for me. And lots of people want to have definitions for love. I'm going to tell you right now that as soon as you define love, It's not. Okay? Really clearly here. So as soon as you put a definition on love, that's not love. It is no longer love. The definition you're putting on it is either something you're attached to from the past or something you're projecting onto the future has nothing to do with love. Mm -hmm. Love exists only in the present, and it's a life force. It's what we are. Mm Mm-hmm. We got out of bed this morning. We did the most unconditionally loving thing we could do. We chose life, right? And then all the shit for the day comes in and all the stresses and all the challenges and all the things that we have to do. And it has us forget how much that we really love ourselves. But if we could at that moment that we took a breath and went, 
This is life force. This is love. It exists already. It's already there, and it's in all of us. It's there. You're not broken. No one listening to this broadcast is broken in any way. You all are love. It's there. And so now when you look at a relationship, pull love out of it for a moment and just look at what you want in a relationship. What is that interaction like? What is the support like? What is the growth curve like? What do you want to do together? What do you want to build? What's the house look like that you want to create? And you can use house as a metaphor. I mean, house could be anything, mm -hmm. right? Where you live, how you move around this earth planet. Do you have similar desires and passions? Those are the things that are really important. And then how do you do those together, right? Do you listen well to each other? Do you respect each other? Are you curious about the other person? Do you listen to them without judging? Because if you're judging, that's not listening, right? So all of these things, it's like, do you listen to yourself without judging? If you can do that, then you should be able to do that with a partner. So if you can look at all those things and look at relationships and base it on those qualities and then bring in love later, you go, okay, I love myself. I'm with someone who clearly loves himself. We can share this life force together with all of these attributes that we give to a relationship, that's kick-ass. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is great. That's an emerging relationship that can last and grow for infinity, for as long as you want. Mm -hmm. That sounds amazing. Well, there you have it, everybody. And uh, Larry, why don't you tell everybody how they can find out more about your work, where they can find your free gift? I'm trying to just in the moment, trying to think of a really smart-ass answer because we just haven't laughed enough here. <laughs> <laughs> Free gift. Um, my, I have this. I have this really cool multi-poo that I rent out, and you can, you can borrow the dog. That's true doggy love. Um, okay. And in, in now being serious, the free gift is called a personal energetic profile, and it's going to be available available at theforanswers.com. And we're providing a link for them, right? Yes, so the they'll link have a will link be in the show notes. It's going to take them right to this. So what is this? This is an energetic profile that's going to tell you a number of things about what you are energetically. This isn't a who. This isn't your belief systems or how you were raised or anything like this. This is your genetics. It's like your blood type. It's going to tell you how you communicate, how you process information, how you relate to money, how you sexually engage. It's going to tell you about chemistry, and it's going to give you some information about different characteristics, personality characteristics. All of these are critically important to know. If you're out there engaging with anybody and you don't have this, you literally are at a huge deficit. If you have this information, you have the underlying foundation, the core um, moving, propelling elements of your being and your interconnection with people understood. And so this is our free gift. All right. So go there, go to thefouranswers.com. There'll be a link in the show notes. Get your free energetic report. If people want to work with you personally, they can find you through the four answers as well. Larry M at thefouranswers.com will get you right to me. And either myself or our team of energetic relationship practitioners can help you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Larry, for being here today, for sharing your wisdom with us all. It was such a great episode and I had a lot of fun just being with you. <laughs> is that love? <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> all right, everybody, that's it for our show. And we will see you next week. 
We hope you liked this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoyed this show, leave a comment and share it with your friends. And if you want more, we have an entire digital library with the best sex tips and relationship advice at CelineRemy.com. That's C E L I N E R E M Y.com. So join us in the sex vault to continue this adventure. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing.